Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our show. Today we discuss about Google Search Console. It's a free tool that helps a lot. And I think it's a must have. I'm excited to discuss this topic with Agnes Banksy. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me again. Yeah, big pleasure. You know, yeah, remember all your valuable insights from our first episode. Yeah, that was so good. I got a lot of engagement. Uh, people want to know more <laughs> when you share such valuable insights. And we have a sponsor today, iChrefs SEO tools and resources to grow your search traffic. Do you know about HRFs? Of course, I do. It's not like we use it a lot, but at, I've heard only good things about it. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. Yeah, I think for me, you know, uh, uh, Google Search Console, uh, Google Analytics are must have. HRFs and many other great tools uh, help SEO professionals to go ahead to provide much better uh, insights, data. And before we start, just tell more about yourself, experience, background, and why you decided to take this topic about Google Search Console. Yeah, I think that that's going to actually help. Um, so yeah, I've been doing analytics for the last 15 years, primarily in the UK, in London. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm really an analyst, a digital analyst. I've done all kinds of analysis, I guess, um, primarily looking at websites, uh, mobile apps as well but the reason i'm talking to to you today about search console is because search analytics in general it's something i'm very interested in and some something i've done a lot of um at different companies um so i use it so i'm not an seo as such expert i'm i'm really come from kind of a different background um kind of someone who works with product teams, uh, but most mostly with marketing teams, helping them to understand what is driving growth or what isn't and where is the opportunity and how can we use the data to then drive some action and then obviously um, drive more engagement, more traffic, better quality traffic. So yeah, I really look at the data that there is um, and I try to make sense out of it and help businesses grow. Um, mm -hmm. I I typically work with fairly well-established businesses, so I worked for some large companies in the past. I actually currently work uh, for Essence Media, which is the Google's um, digital, or really the whole media agency of Google. Mm -hmm. uh, so I work actually on Google currently um, as well, uh, which is another reason I'm so interested in search. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I could talk about search analytics and even even just search console for <laughs> a long time. Um, I, I'm, I don't have anything specific to kind of, I guess, present. Mm -hmm. I'll just really kind of talk a little bit about um, the things um, I've personally done in the past uh, with search and how I've seen it really help businesses to grow and and really just to understand what's happening within the business, especially for companies that heavily rely on organic search traffic or just search traffic in general. Search Console is such a great source of information and I think it's very often overlooked. And I, uh, more often than not, I've seen companies, even large, large companies, really underutilizing Search Console because there's mm -hmm. so much to do with it. Um, that is not really being done, but I think part of the reason of that is the fact that 
the tool itself, although it has some great data in it, is not very user friendly. So um, we've done some great things around really taking out the search console data from the tool itself, uh, usually using APIs, taking it out of there and, and really enhancing the data. Um, enhancing the data and doing things that you wouldn't be able to do otherwise if you were just to look at Search Console as a tool, as the interface, as is. Like if you wanted to do like monthly, weekly comparisons or you wanted to compare America versus Europe, you can't really do all of those things just using the tool. But once you extract all of that data, and there's many different ways uh, you can do that, but once you extract the data, um, you can enhance it, you can make it better, you can add things on top of it, you can do some aggregations, daily, weekly, country level aggregations, and query categorization mm -hmm. is really, really cool and can be super, super helpful. Nice, love that's it. Of, that's kind of, yeah, a long way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, you, if I compare Google Analytics and Search Console, I think uh, about Google Analytics, it's better to spend time to learn more about all these features uh, because, yeah, uh, it, it takes time to customize the right settings on uh, analytics. But on Search Console is very simple, you know, very simple to use. Uh, nothing special about that. You know, yeah, of course, we can get uh, such valuable insights about your website, about traffic, about what you can fix. But it's very simple to use, you know, yeah. And you can find all everything in the left side. Just click it and check it out. Can you tell uh, where to start? For example, if someone uh, set up uh, Google Search Console and wanna uh, get more from Google Search Console, what kind of features it's better to check out uh, in the first stage, the second, third, and yeah, if you have some checklist, it will be great. Well, as, as you're saying, the interface is extremely, extremely, extremely easy to use. Um, and there's only there's a limited number of things you can see in there in terms of the in terms of the metrics you you just have SEO impressions clicks um, CTR and position and then in terms of the dimensions you have the search query country device uh, and landing page okay um, mm -hmm. and when you look at the interface as you're saying it's extremely easy to use and as long as you exactly know what you're trying to find the interface itself should do the job okay but it's really if you know exactly what you're trying to check if it's a particular keyword or it's a particular landing page you're trying to check that's definitely very easy to do using the interface um, and you can access that data using the search console or you can have it even linked up but synced up with google analytics itself so there's two ways you can access the, the same really the same data um, but I would say if you really want to take advantage of the Search Console data, you can't, shouldn't be just limiting it to the interface. I would strongly suggest um, having a process, a way of extracting that data somewhere else um, and then analyzing that outside of the interface. Um, I think the, the main kind of issue I see with the interface is the fact that it gives you only up to 1,000 rows at a time. Um, uh, if you do have a long tail, lots of keywords you, you're, you're appearing on Google for, um, or many landing pages, like the companies I worked with, they would have tens of thousands, like men, yeah, tens of thousands, mm -hmm. Some, more than a hundred of thousands of landing pages. It's, it's just impossible to analyze them in the tool that is limiting you to just 1,000 rows. So mm -hmm. once I, I would say this, um, 
starting with the interface itself is a good way to it's, it's a good thing to do you can start with it but more advanced things and and if you if you want to set up something kind of kind of automated you're going to go back to on a regular basis then you you better um have a process where you take out the search console data in maybe let's say google sheets you have it in there um, and you build some reporting on top of that um mm -hmm. the, the, the the simplest things you could do once you have this data extracted from search console is for example having the daily data aggregated into weeks or months in years and so on and so forth uh, which you can't really do in their interface but once you extract the daily data then you can aggregate it aggregate it in whatever way that works for you mm -hmm. um, and equally equally um, landing pages more often than not you don't really look at individual landing pages you're interested more of a in a range or the kind of type of pages so you might want to um, add some landing page categorization into your report you can do some very simple VLOOKUPs or um, if formulas just to really categorize your landing pages and then build some simple even reports um, on top of that and then uh, the fun comes when you start categorizing queries um, which you can also keep it very simple um, you can make it more um, more advanced but the simplest thing you would do uh, in order to categorize your queries is just splitting your brand terms, all the different variations of your brand terms, and, and maybe some other. Uh, and you could put everything else into one single bucket. But more often than not, you want to have different categories. Let's say mm -hmm. your e-commerce site, let's say you're selling, I don't know, shoes. Um, so you will obviously want to always have a group of keywords which are brand keywords, but then you might want to have a group of keywords which are like Nike shoes versus, I don't know, baby shoes or versus something else. So um, once you start categorizing that data that is one already extracted in, outside of the interface, um, there's so much, like I said, there's so much you could do. Um, for example, like more specifically, um, if you want to use this data to understand what's driving traffic change whether it's increase or drop right mm -hmm. and let's say you look at google analytics and you see that search traffic has gone up like organic traffic has gone up has gone down and um, by a lot um, so the next step would be to drill down into landing pages data or even query data in search console to understand um which queries are driving that clicks increase um, mm -hmm. And it's very difficult to do that when, when you don't have those queries categorized. But if you do have them categorized with some, some VLOOKUPs or something like that, um, then the process of understanding what's driving the increase or the change, it becomes much, much easier. Um, so kind of retrospectively, um, you can use that data to understand what's driving change in, your, in the volumes, whether positive or negative. Um, but there's also many ways you can use the data um, to grow your traffic or to get you ideas as to how to grow your business. Uh, again, let's say you're an e-commerce site. Um, again, then let's let's say you're selling, let's say you're selling batteries like car batteries, mm -hmm. and you have a very limited uh, range of products currently. Um, 
let's say you have loads of batteries already selling on your site, but you have maybe one or two very little uh, of some other product category that you're not really currently focusing on. But let the search console data, you can look at it. And then if you see that there may be some product categories or product types or names or keywords that may not necessarily get a lot of clicks, but you're getting a lot of impressions. So what I'm suggesting you is, what is suggesting you is that there is demand for this type of products or this particular product. So what I would personally do, and I've done it in the past because I had my own e-commerce site, um, I look at the data and then I expand my product range. So I like literally shift my focus from selling product A to selling product B, C or whatever it is. So I look at the Search Console impressions data, not even clicks, but the impressions to understand where is the demand. And then I increase the number of landing pages, kind of, just that's kind of guiding me in the direction of where the demand is. Um, so instead of having, um, like I was talking about the car batteries company, um, if I see there's a lot of impressions coming for um, bulbs, like electric bulbs for the house or something like that, I currently only have, I have only one product in that range. I might expand that product range and have many of those types of bulbs because I see there seem to be a, um, a demand for it. And you can even fake it. You can even sometimes mm -hmm. cr create a landing page and just see what happens. Is is this getting traction? Like just to see, because it does take time to build impressions, uh, to build a position, right? Um, and I've done it personally. I would create a landing page or a fake product, which I don't mm -hmm. have, already have in stock. But I see there is lots of um, demand for it because there's lots mm -hmm. of impressions on Google. So I would create a fake product as if I'm selling it. Google starts scrolling it. Now over time, I'm getting, I'm starting to get impressions, impressions. And then if I see it's actually working, I'm actually getting impressions and over time may lead to clicks then actually decide to actually get this product into stock in stock. Okay. Love so um, I've done this kind of things a lot. Like I, mm -hmm. I, I, had, I, I had an online supermarket in Mauritius, which I then sold. Um, yeah. And I would many times uh, repeat the same kind of strategy of looking at search console, finding high impression um, products or product ranges, product categories, and I would create landing pages for those type of products, um, even if I don't already have them in stock. And then we'll see what happens. Um, and also I would say, um, if you are an e-commerce site, let's say again, you're selling um, shoes or, or clothing, um, I strongly recommend having generally as many landing pages as possible, but in, in, in different ways, as in you have product pages, obviously you have a product you have a page for every product, but then you also have page for every product category, right? Because more often than not, people search for not a very specific product, they search for a type of product or a category. Mm -hmm. But the next best thing to do also is uh, having landing pages for brands as well. Let's say you're selling, selling shoes, you're selling Nike, you're selling Adidas, you're selling other brands. Um, you should have landing pages for all the brands you're selling because very often people are searching for those things. And again, your source of data, or to give you ideas as to what people are searching for, again, might be Search Console. Mm -hmm. And if 
not already seeing impressions for that brand name or whatever it is, um, you may create a page. As, as I was saying earlier, you may create a page, pretend as you're selling it, right? Mm-hmm. And as if you have it in stock and then see if you're getting anything out of it. Um, um, that, that kind of approach I've used in, in, in different ways. Another way, and I've seen it for other companies, and very large companies as well, is you can even create landing pages for about your competitors. And why would you do that, right? It's going to be very, obviously very difficult to rank well um for your competitor brand name like right like let's say uh british airways versus easyjet right let's say you are british mm-hmm. airways why would you create a landing page about easyjet i know it kind of doesn't make sense but many companies do that they mm-hmm. do that because um there's two things there's two things you can gain from that one is um once you start um getting impressions um for that competitor brand name with that landing page that you've created, you're able to spy on them. You're basically able to understand um, what's the demand for their brand. So there's your brand, there's their brand. Then you look at the SEO impressions for both and you see, are you getting, are you, are you growing? Are you growing the market share or not? Like, how are you doing versus your competitors? Obviously, as I said, difficult it's going to be to rank highly for your brand like competitor name but i've seen it so many times still as long as you're on page one of google you will see the impression so you will know how many searches there is on google right brilliant so, <laughs> so you're able to spy on and i've seen that so so many times um yeah i'm not gonna give out names but yeah i've seen many companies doing cool. it and it's a very uh it's a it's a high intent. Another thing I would say that also to do that is not just to spy on them, but also to to get traffic. You can also get yeah. traffic because very often, especially if you're creating a landing page about a brand which is already well, fairly well known, uh, the chances are there there is a lot of people searching for that brand. And you know, let's say there is uh, I don't know ten thousand of searches a week, even if you mm-hmm. get one percent of it right because you're 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 on position i don't know eight or nine Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. are there so even even that amount is still something okay and those people searching for your brand are likely they have high kind of high intent like high purchase intent right they are specifically looking for um certain product or certain solution right so um um I, I, I often hear um, SEO people saying that oh, it's so difficult to rank for those for those brand terms. But but as I say, it, it's a very easy thing to do for you, right? You can just create a landing page, but the benefits can really be be, be quite um, quite good. Nice, love it, love it. Yeah, I, I like this approach, you know, to spy uh, impressions, you know, <laughs> on this volume. Yeah, never thought about this. Yeah, I need to consider. Uh, yeah, of course, uh, we create pages uh, like uh, for other, uh, I mean, like uh, review brands uh, or, or something like this, and we can get additional traffic. But I never thought to spy about impressions. So, yeah, brilliant yeah. idea. Yeah, you may not even get any clicks from it, but you're able to spy, and, uh, spy on them. Mm-hmm. Which is, uh, sure. Yeah, let's call analyzing your competitors to get more accurate data. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And another, uh, thing, another mm-hmm. thing I would just add to that, it's, it's a bit similar to that. 
if you're already fairly well established for a given keyword or a given kind of category or type of keywords, mm -hmm. um, you also use your SEO impressions data in Search Console to understand changes in search demand. Right? There can mm -hmm. be something like, especially if you're in a very highly seasonal kind of um, industry, right, in sector. Uh, but let's say um, train tickets, like during COVID, for example, no one was traveling, right? Mm -hmm. um, people were not searching for train tickets or trains uh, during COVID. Um, for, for those train companies who were already fairly well established, they were able to, to then use Search Console data, um, the SEO impressions specifically, um, to understand change in demand. So how much of my drop is driven by demand and how much of it is driven by something else, mm -hmm. right? Um, um, so yeah, very often um, Search Console is a really good source of kind of um, understanding what's happening with, with the market or in the market. Mm -hmm. As long as you're pretty well established um, on Google for those terms, you can use Search Console to understand changes in demand. Love it, love it. Okay, let's talk about advantages and disadvantages. For example, um, I see when webmasters uh, are using other tools, when uh, Google Search Console has much accurate data, for example, ranking positions, uh, traffic, impressions, because, yeah, if you use Ahrefs or any other tools, you can't get uh, such accurate data that you can find on Google Search Console because it's uh, from Google. You know, uh, and, uh, uh, for example, I'm using Ahrefs when I need to uh, check out uh, my competitors or their links. So yeah, HRFs is much better with that because Google Search Console doesn't provide this data. Even uh, your backlinks, uh, you get only small percent of your backlinks. I don't know why, but uh, we can get more sophisticated data with other tools. And uh, it's the same, for example, to use Google Search Console uh, for technical errors. Screaming Frog can provide uh, a lot more uh, information, but Search Console uh, less, but it's it come you know all these uh, technical errors are coming from Google, and for me it's better to fix them than uh, errors on uh, other uh, great tools. What do you think? How to find advantages that work much better on Google Search Console, and uh, when uh, the data is not good, or uh, for example, uh, it's better to use other tools. What do you think? Well, I would say definitely when it comes to competitors, um, unless you already doing what I said kind of earlier, as in you mm -hmm. already are able to use your search console impressions to see what's happening with the competitors. Um, yeah, I think for, for, for looking at competitors and especially the rankings, if you care about how well they are ranking on Google, not so much about the volume of, of searches, but the rankings, then yeah, you definitely have to use um, other tools. I think the main benefit of search console is yes, for issues or technical issues on your site, that should be the, the, the main source of information, right, for you. Mm -hmm. um, that's for sure. And secondly, also to understand what's driving or isn't driving growth within your, your own business and also mm -hmm. using it to come up with ideas, new ideas for growth and testing things. But when it comes to understanding your competitors, uh, as much as there are some things you can do in Search Console, kind of mentioned um, a few of them already, um, but I think um, the main benefit of using those third-party tools is exactly that, as in comparing yourself with the competition. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. You could obviously, there's other ways of doing it. You could 
build a little web scraper of some sort as well. But those those tools are come pretty handy when you don't already have those things in place. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So yeah, I would say for competitor really monitoring, um, and even sometimes understand at the even especially at the keyword level, they give you keyword level data for your competitors, and that can be pretty handy. But when it comes to your own site performance and, and, and errors and all of that, and even changes in, in your traffic, then Search Console should be your first mm -hmm. primary yeah. information. Okay, we, we have a question. Uh, it's not related to Google Search Console. It's more about GA4, you know, Google Analytics 4 version. And, uh, okay, we can unite, by the way, uh, Google Search Console and GA4, you know, to get much, uh, uh, to get data from uh, different perspectives. For example, if you use Google's uh, Analytics, you can find uh, all these queries uh, from Search Console uh, in one tool. Yeah, I love it. What, uh, let's talk about J4. Can you tell? Uh, why uh, this tool is better than uh, Google uh, Universal Analytics? And uh, do we need to use both version or it's better to pay attention with a new version? What do you think? Uh, I think um, the sooner, I think the sooner you, if you're using GAUA currently, Universal Analytics currently, the sooner you set up GA4, the better. Um, because you do want to have an overlap. Okay, you, you do want to have both running at the same time. And the reason being is, uh, well, there's a number of reasons. Um, the few that come to my mind is the fact that you wanna be able to kind of compare the two tools for a while to really to understand and get used to the differences. The differences uh, in in the setup, like the tool, like you wanna start using the tool, getting used mm -hmm. to it. You still wanna be able to use your current tool that you are so familiar with. Um, mm -hmm. But then the sooner you start using GA4, um, you are able to learn the tool, spot the differences. Um, but also, also you will be able to find out any um, tracking issues sometimes as well. So you will be able to, you will basically have time to make any changes to your tracking. Um, mm -hmm. So I would say the sooner you start um, maybe not using GA4, but have it already configured on your site as soon as possible. And mm -hmm. yes, the tool, the GA4 is not completely ready, as in to completely switch from universal analytics mm -hmm. to GA4. Uh, but the reality is that um, for those who do want to continue using Google Analytics, one or another, mm -hmm. Um, they mm -hmm. do have to learn GA4, um, yeah. whether they like it or not. It's, a it's just a question of when, and I would say the sooner, the better. And as much mm -hmm. frustrating it can be at first, because it is for me as well, because someone who's been using Universal Analytics for so many years, it is frustrating um, having to switch. But I think the sooner we switch um, and get used to it, the better. Uh, mm -hmm. And we obviously need to expect still changes to over time to be made to, to GA4. Um, yeah. There's, uh, I would say, one, I think, main benefit in GA4, and I'm saying that from someone who comes with very much marketing analytics background, is the attribution in GA4 is going to be mm -hmm. much better. Mm -hmm. 
Um, yeah, my, my, my loving metric about uh, engagement, you know, because uh, in universal analytics, we have the metric bounce rate. And this yeah. metric confuses everyone, you know. Yeah, I have bad bounce rate. Uh, why, why do you think it's bad, you know? Because people left your website, they uh, get everything what they need and they left. So, uh, but uh, in uh, GA4, we have another metric. It's called engagement. So we can get more accurate data. It's my preferable you know if i com com uh, compare uh, both uh, i would say it's versions. a natural reaction for people to get frustrated it's very natural no one likes changes okay mm -hmm. yeah um and it's gonna be difficult to convince people and, mm -hmm. and i do agree there's still lots of things in ga4 that currently is not really working well but i think they're gonna get there eventually and the fact they're actually making this major step a major change is is actually a good thing um mm -hmm. going forward as much as it painful it is it's a good mm -hmm. thing that is happening and we just have to get on with it i guess um but i do suspect there's gonna be lots of companies taking using this as an opportunity to completely move away from google analytics entirely and move to other other solutions yeah. Uh, if they uh, are not leaving Google Analytics Universal, Google can help you with that. You know, like in a year, yeah, we can have this metric, <laughs> this tool. Okay, uh, let's talk about Google Search Console. For example, if uh, I find a list of technical errors uh, for my website, I send them to my web developer, and uh, they usually fix like 30% of all these errors, and I get all this list. Do we need to fix all of them? Because uh, some systems can't do it. You know, For example, on Wix, Spotify, you, uh, uh, Shopify, you can't fix all errors. Uh, on uh, WordPress, yeah, we are more flexible with that, but uh, uh, anyway, we can't fix all of them. We can't get a green line uh, according to page speed and size. Can you tell, do we need to do it or how to find priorities or critical errors that uh, like a must have to fix? Well, I wouldn't say I'm an expert when it comes to technical errors. Mm -hmm. um, I do have errors on my side as well. I somehow managed to always fix them. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's not an issue for me, but maybe you might want to try with a different developer. Maybe it's that the developer is not able to fix it. Mm -hmm. Maybe someone else will be able to, to fix it. Yeah. Um, so I've never come across to be on a situation where I was just stuck and unable um, mm -hmm. to do it. I would, I would say this, don't aim to be perfect. No one ever is or anything. Nothing is, right? Mm -hmm. um, you will always get some kind of errors, like with GTM, for example. No matter how well your implementation is done, you will always get some weird warnings and nonsense appearing. But not I'd, as long as you get the 80 out of 80% out of the 100, right? Um, mm -hmm. I think you're still ahead of most people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I agree with that. For example, if we check out the top 10 results, I can see they have the same errors, you know, a lot of errors. Even Amazon has like green zone yeah. for many pages and they, they, they don't care about that. You know, they have this ranking positions, traffic, why, why they need to care a lot about that. So I think it's more about, important about UX, you know, user experience yeah, than technical definitely. errors. Yeah, uh, by the way, we, we can check out this metric on Google Search Console. Uh, can you tell how to uh, to understand this metric? Well, for example, uh, you know, uh, I can understand user experience when I open the page. I can see, OK, 
okay, it's hard written uh, without multimedia, uh, hard to understand how to find information, but on Google Search Console, it's more about technical errors, you know, it's not uh, uh, like time speed, uh, many different uh, technical errors. What do you think, uh, how to learn user experience by Google Search Console or it's better to do this job manually? Well, you can't really use Search Console to understand user experience, can you? There's, there's no metrics for that. Uh, they, they have dev metric. Uh, it's more about technical errors. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's not related to uh, real user experience. Yeah, they, they uh, unite, unite, by the way, uh, on their guidelines with UX, you know. But, uh, uh, you know, when I check out manually, I can see uh, some different angle that uh, robots can analyze, you know, uh, how it's simple to use, uh, personalization, many other stuff about written text. Uh, but on, uh, I think, uh, you, uh, for example, uh, uh, speed, of your loading website, you know, yeah, it, it hurts user experience and Google uh, shares more about that, you know, when, uh, for example, your uh, speed is low and Google uh, is trying to help you that you need to increase speed because uh, if I remember correctly, like um, 20% of users uh, left website for uh, each second of loading. For example, if your website uh, is loading like five seconds, each Second, you can uh, lose like twenty percent of users. It's a lot, by the way. Yeah. So yeah. Especially and, uh, if your users are mm -hmm. based in, in in a place where there is no great internet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Let, let's talk about uh, how to learn uh, Google Search Console. For example, if someone wanna know more about this tool, uh, do they need to take some courses or uh, learn themselves or find some great blog posts? Provide your insights. How, how actually you learned this tool? It's funny you you're asking. Um, so I learned by doing, but it mm -hmm. took me a while, and I'm actually um, starting to create a course on that. Mm, um, nice. I've not really found. I've never come across any really useful resource when it comes to Search Console. It's like mm -hmm. it's all meant to be just for SEO people, where it really is not a search console. Mm -hmm. It's such a powerful source of data. Um, so I would say at the minute, um, just learn by doing uh, and experimenting mm -hmm. and take out that data outside of the interface if you can, using like Google mm -hmm. Sheets add-ons, for example, which is completely free. Um, but the next best thing would be to do my course once it's ready. Nice, nice. Okay, when you have this course, uh, you can share with me. I'll share with uh, my audience. Uh, by the way, you know, uh, uh, my team is going to create our SEO course, and one topic will be about Google Search Console as well. So, if you have time, you know, to film a video about this course, like 10-20 uh, minutes, it will be great. I'll share uh, this video, all your social media profiles, and your course as well. So we, you can cover a lot more people, you know, to help them with Google Search Console. Yeah, it, it will be great. Only if you have this time, you know, yeah, it will be great to help them with that because we're going to sell. Uh, to, yeah, it's our goal. We don't know. I don't uh, want to know. build high expectations. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I have to, I'll just add on to that. So in addition to doing the course, um, we're actually going to be building a tool. Um, mm -hmm. We're going to be building a tool which allows to do all those things, or I many other things I was saying earlier, but doing them in a more automatic way. So building a tool that um, extracts Search Console data 
and then enhances it um, and it mm -hmm. builds reports for you a much better reports than you see in the interface so um me and my team we are starting to work on that uh, at, the, at the minute so uh yeah what's the space but i'm very excited nice. for it nice that's nice. gonna have uh, that's gonna have the query categorization landing pages mm -hmm. categorization all of that in it mm -hmm. yeah cool and you know i think uh, we have no such courses today uh, even you know yeah we are going to create a course about seo and yeah one all, uh, of the topics will be about google search console but i think we have no such courses because it's simple to use you know and when people open google search console they think oh it's simple i don't need to take any courses but uh, they ignore a lot of useful data valuable data and uh, even uh, uh, in my team uh, when i ask uh, please tell me about crawl budget about technical errors about many other stuff and yeah it's ignored <laughs> so yeah i think it, yeah. it's great it will be great it's, to have such course the tool is so easy that it's so easy to misinterpret things and i say mm -hmm. so much especially for companies that have a lot of seo traffic mm -hmm. uh, and it may sometimes look as if position let's say position is improving but it may actually going be going the other way around and there is mm -hmm. so many weird things that may happen and you if you don't take them into account it's very easy to misinterpret the data mm -hmm. um, nice so it's not as easy as it seems to be it's just i don't know they made it so easy it looks so easy but it's not actually that easy you may be looking at something and drawing conclusions but they may be up and they may be completely wrong um unless you're looking at maybe the very specific one keyword but let's say you're looking at across a range of keywords and you're looking at the average position it may look good but it actually can be going bad it's, mm -hmm. yeah, it's very easy to mis misinterpret can i just uh one thing uh, one little topic i wanted to bring up here i know it's not something really we want to yeah sure about, but um um not sure if, how much you've heard of it, um, but semantic search. Have you heard of mm -hmm. that? Yeah, of course. So, so generally, the, which it's something that uh, I guess SEO people um, mostly are aware of. Mm -hmm. um, but the reason I'm bringing it up is because this semantic search thing, which I'll just explain maybe for everyone, is basically the fact that um, Google is increasingly moving away from um, using the um, keywords themselves to using intent. So when they look at the search query that is there on Google, um, they try to understand the intent of that person, um, which in the SEO world may not be impacting people as much, but in the paid search world, it's starting to because semantic search used to be applicable to organic search only but nowadays it's also applicable to paid search meaning that if someone is doing paid search and it's bidding on a keyword with exact match um the reality is that they will increasingly see other keywords appearing in their campaigns mm -hmm. um, that is because Google is no longer really just relying on keywords themselves. Google is it decides what is or what isn't the same intent. Um, so for anyone uh, doing paid search um, and seeing some weird behaviors uh, in their campaigns, uh, like weird keywords appearing, 
this is the reason. It's it's probably mm-hmm. this is the reason, as in the Google's move towards semantic search, meaning that you're getting you're having less and less control over the keywords that you're actually bidding on. Um, so the solution to that really is to make sure you are using your search search term reports very well. So don't just look at the keywords that you're targeting, but also the actual search terms you are appearing on on Google. Those reports are available in Google Ads. Um, and the other thing uh, also is um, you need to really use negative keywords, which is a feature as well of Google Ads. So use of negative keywords is is also becoming increasingly um, important. And also, just again, I should have said that at the start, the reason why Google is moving to semantic search as opposed to syntactic search, which is keyword based, mm-hmm. um, is the fact that, uh, is it, I think, 15%, 15% of the search queries they see every day on Google, they are, they are first time ever search queries. Mm-hmm. They are new. So the, the tail, the long tail is just so, so, so long. Um, for paid search teams and even for SEO teams to capture all of the intent, to capture all of those in, those keywords is just impossible because those keywords continue, continue to evolve, continue, continue to change. There's always some new keywords appearing on Google as in users are searching for new things. So that's, I guess, Google's solution to that. They are trying to move away from using keywords as such to using the intent, mm-hmm. uh, which, yeah, as I was saying, probably is more important for paid search because teams, because they pay for that traffic, they need to be careful about what they're actually bidding on. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. really yeah. what I wanted to mention on that because it's... <laughs> oh, one more thing, one more thing. Okay. I'm not sure if you heard. Um, I saw it yesterday. I think it was, no, sorry, two days ago, the 31st of May. Mm-hmm. Um, so apparently, apparently Apple may be launching its own search engine. Mm-hmm. Which one? Ah, ah, yeah, yeah, I thought about that. Uh, from Apple, yeah? From? Apple. Apple will provide Apple, new Apple, sessions. Yeah, yeah Apple. Yeah. Um, and I think we will know for sure next week um, because they, they have the conference and they make mm-hmm. an announcement. It's just a rumor at the minute. Uh, it may or may not happen, but it looks like it might happen. It's something, it's been a rumor for like a number of years. Um, because, you know, there's this unofficial deal, I think, between Google and Apple, where Apple mm-hmm. continues to use or keep keeping Google as the default search engine on the Apple devices. And then mm-hmm. Google gets, or they have to pay something to oh, Apple. I think it's quite unofficial. Anyways, that's been a deal for, for a number of years now, but looks like Apple might be coming up with their own search engine. And that's going to be interesting to watch. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, I'm not sure that Apple can compete in the first stage with Google because Google has this experience, many years of experience. And, uh, you know, it's like uh, I, when I, I was trying to use Apple Maps, uh, it's hard to compete with Google Maps because uh, more accurate data. Uh, but Apple is good with creating their gadgets, you know, uh, Safari, many other stuff. So uh, I, I love, I have MacBooks, I have Apple everything you know m- many gadgets airports even <laughs> even many other stuff but uh, yeah we will see we will see who knows Probably well, I, have the, 
So yeah, I, I do agree with you when it comes to search. Google has the advantage of the experience and all of that, but then Apple has its own advantage as well because they pe so many people have their devices in their hand. Yeah, yeah. And uh, by the way, Google pays $15 billion to be default search engines yeah, that's uh, what I'm in Safari. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Apple can lose $15 billion, you know, <laughs> to provide their search engine. Yeah, we will see who knows about that. Yeah. Uh, thanks a lot, you know, for all your valuable insights. It's a big pleasure to learn from you. Tell our audience how they can reach out to you, learn more about you, follow you. Uh, uh, Analyticshacker.com is my website. You can also find me on um, on LinkedIn, I guess. So yeah, feel free to reach out. And as I was saying, uh, we're going to be coming up with a Search Console related course uh, soon. And also a Search Analytics tool um, will follow that as well. But well, it was a pleasure uh, to, yeah, to discuss okay. those things with you today. Thank you for having me again. Okay, guys, uh, you can find all these links in the description below. Listen to us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Thanks again for your time. A big pleasure. Love learning. Welcome back anytime to share more value with my audience. And of course, guys, you need to follow uh, Agnes to learn more from her and uh, learn from her course. Yeah, I'm excited to learn about that. I, I definitely will buy uh, this course because uh, I, I know that Google Search Console is looks simple. But we have so much insights when you know how to use them. Okay, guys. Love you. See you. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.